Hello, colleagues, and welcome to another Five for Friday episode of the Assistant Principal Podcast. Today's shout out goes to Now and Next Cohort 2, Valerie, Lisa, Page, Gail, Jen, Kayla, Michelle, and Emily. Thanks for making the program so wonderful. It's a testament to what can happen when inspired leaders like you prioritize working together, being vulnerable, and fostering independence. Thank you. Hello, colleagues, and welcome to the Assistant Principal Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Frederick Buskey. We are all on a leadership journey. Every day, we have a chance to grow. Every day, we have a chance to help others grow. My goal and the goal of this podcast is to help you grow into being a strategic leader, a leader who puts people before purpose, who solves problems instead of treating symptoms, and who understands the difference between progress and action. Through this podcast, my daily email and virtual programs, I'm working to build a network of inspired and inspiring school leaders. Let's get started on today's adventure and this unique opportunity to learn to live and lead better. Today's episode of Five for Friday recaps the strategic leadership emails for the week of September 25th through 29th, 2023. On Monday, I talked about my mom's new Porsche. Now, I don't know if Porsche is still a big thing. If you grew up in the 70s like I did, then Porsches were all the rage and the biggest status symbol. So my mom, at 90 years young, now has a Porsche. The thing is, she doesn't drive anymore, so what values a Porsche? Mom's Porsche is actually a walker, a one of those four-wheeled walking machines, but it's produced by Porsche, and it's so much lighter and easier to maneuver than her old walker. The ergonomics are better, there's a place for her coffee, and it has just increased her mobility and improved her quality of life and ability to get around. So how is this a leadership lesson? That huge quality of life improvement that she's experiencing didn't come from doing something brand new. Now, I know it's a new machine, but it's the same kind of machine as what she had before. It's the same tool. It's just better. And I think a lot of times especially in education, instead of trying to come up with some big grand plan or some big initiative that's going to solve the problem, and I can give a shout out to something like letters that involves so much effort and is meant to eliminate problems with educating kids in literacy, instead of that big massive thing Let's just focus on doing things better than fully replacing them. Now, there are classrooms with teachers where maybe they've, they've maxed out their talent and they do need a big chunk of new knowledge or something pretty involved in order to take it to the next level. But there are a lot of classrooms where teachers just need support in getting better at the same strategies 
they're trying to use. Getting better at questioning strategies, getting better at facilitating group work around powerful ideas, getting better at helping the curriculum come alive. Those things don't take massive, big, long initiatives. They can be done incrementally. And in every incremental step, we can be making things a little bit better. And then think about what happens when instead of investing in some big training initiative that takes us weeks and months to do and hours of our time and attention, what if we just focused on these little incremental steps and every day, every week, every month, we were getting a little bit better at doing the practices that we know matter. On Tuesday, I talked about one of my favorite things, which is Ohio State football. I was a graduate assistant back in 1985, 86, 87. I was a graduate assistant for the Ohio State Buckeyes in football recruiting. So my passion runs pretty deep there. Given that, the message on Tuesday may seem a little bit surprising, and that was that the big game between Ohio State and Notre Dame didn't really matter. Now, I'm recording this on the, on the Monday before the Saturday of the big game, so I have no idea how this game is going to play out. I certainly hope Ohio State wins. But the game's being billed nationally as this huge implication for the football playoffs and, I don't know, all the hoopla and stuff surrounding it, all the hype. The thing is, for Ohio State, the outcome doesn't matter. If they lose this game and they go on and win the rest of their games and beat Michigan, and if you're an Ohio State person, you know what that means. If they beat Michigan and then win the Big Ten, they're in the playoffs. If they win the game and win out, they're in the playoffs. If they win this game and lose to Michigan, which probably would keep them out of the Big Ten title game, then they're probably not in the playoffs. The point here is that so many times as leaders, we get focused on a problem and we think it is the big problem that we have to deal with. And we put all kinds of time and energy and attention and money into that problem when actually it really doesn't matter. I think an example might be with our beginning teachers. If we take a big teaching program, I've already picked on letters, so I guess I need to think about something else. If we're doing letters, we can't do Calkins. So I don't know, some big math program that we want to roll in and we're going to put it into every teacher's classroom and it's going to take training and there's computerized programs and alignment and all this great stuff. Like that's all well and good, but that's a big deal. And if we have five new teachers that are still trying to figure out how to manage their classrooms, like that big math program, it doesn't matter. Because if I can't manage my classroom, if I can't create a positive classroom culture where kids are engaged and have the opportunities and the supports that they need to, to learn, the math program doesn't matter. So the things that I ask people to think about at the end of that email were these three items. Is there a priority or pain point that 
if nothing changes, it won't actually matter that much? And what could you do instead with the money, the time, and the attention? And as my mentor Jan Osborne added to this email when I shared it with him early, what could you do instead with your energy and your emotion? On Wednesday, we talked about a group hug. The group is that cohort two of our Now and Next Leadership Development Program in Western North Carolina. And those group of eight amazing leaders went through with me a four-part training over the course of eight weeks. Now, the program is designed to connect leaders from our far Western counties and the Koala Boundary in North Carolina, which I refer to as WNC, and to develop leadership skills specific to serving nonprofit and governmental organizations here. Because leading in this rural Appalachian, surprisingly diverse area is different than leading in Atlanta or somewhere in Texas or Iowa or anywhere, right? The way we lead is different in each of our communities because our values and the way we interact with each other, our cultures are different. So we developed a leadership model specifically for WNC. We run leaders from nonprofit and governmental organizations through that. And we specifically look for leaders from diverse cultural groups, but also diverse age ranges, people that maybe aren't even considered leaders yet, and people at other levels of the organization. So we're really trying to build the capacity of individuals, but also build the capacity now and later for our nonprofit and governmental organizations. The hug that I referred to earlier happened at the end of our last session. And this group had really come together and bonded. And at the end of our last session, somebody said, can we have a group hug? And, and on Wednesday, I asked you readers to think about the last time that you attended a training for which you wanted a group hug at the end. And what elements would have to be present in some kind of a training that would actually make you want to participate in a group hug? On Thursday, we followed up on this idea. And I took that opportunity to reflect on what happened through that training. What happened that made someone really want to be that close with her training colleagues that she would give them a hug? And I think it's mainly about transformation. A great training can be transformative. And what that means is that it changes the way we see something critical. So maybe it changes our mindset from managing tasks to managing priorities, right? That's, that's a transformative jump because it fundamentally changes how you approach your day and what you do with your time. When we move from trying to make people to mold leaders in our own likeness into helping them grow into the leaders that they want to become, that's a transformative change. The other part of transformation 
or at least a training that is transformative, it is, is it also has to give the skills and the tools to be able to act on that new transformation, on that new way of seeing the world. In our now and next program, the training also created an environment where people could be vulnerable, like really vulnerable. And they had opportunities to lead at different points within the training. And so what happened is we became an interdependent group of people. And finally, I think the training helped leaders become better people, not just better leaders. And I've been playing a lot with the idea of human-centered leadership. What would it be like to have a school that instead of centered around a curriculum or centered around test results, was actually centered around people and how to help kids grow into their best selves, help them grow into adults that had agency over their lives. What would that human-centered thing look like? And that's a big, big idea. But I think we can take a small chunk of that and think about what does a human-centered training look like? What does a human-centered effort to grow leaders look like? And again, I think it has those components of being transformative, of providing skills and tools that people can use to leverage that transformation where we can be vulnerable, develop shared leadership, and really become interdependent. On Friday, I tried to kind of step back from all these complex stories and just distill it down into something simple. And I encouraged you to be present. And on Friday, do one of two things. Either ask the second question or engage in five-minute coaching. And to recap, asking the second question happens when we ask somebody how they are and they respond fine. Because in our culture, asking how you are is just a way of saying hello. We usually don't really mean it. When we ask the second question, we stop and we say, really, how are you? And then we be present, we be quiet, and we just listen. We do not respond. We just create the space for someone to actually think about and share how they're really doing. So that's asking the second question. The other thing that I encourage people to do was to engage in the five-minute coaching. And at the end of a week, a five-minute coaching goes like this. Hey, it's been quite a week around here. Tell me what went well this week. Were there any surprises? Is there anything you do differently? And you can shape these questions a little bit based on you know, what's happening in your school. But again, we need to be present, be quiet, and we need to listen. And so if you just did one of those, ask the second question or engage in five-minute coaching, then you'll probably make somebody's day. Remember that the gift is in the presence. It's not in you sharing. It's not in you teaching. Don't make it about you. Just be present and listen. And then after you've done that, check in with yourself. How did it feel to be fully present for someone else? So what's the big takeaway? 
As I've shared before, when the week's messages aren't specifically built around a theme like this week's, I'm always intrigued to come back after the fact, after they've all been written, and think about what the big takeaway is. And this week's no different. In fact, wow, there's a profound message here, a profound message running through this week's emails that I wasn't even aware of as I was writing them. Now, this isn't me being profound. This wasn't purposeful, but it's just popped up right here in front of us. Now, here are the five MVPs for each day's message. Sometimes making the same old thing better beats doing something new. Sometimes something big doesn't actually matter. What makes one training more powerful than another? Together, transformation, vulnerability, and interdependence can create something special. Being fully present is more valuable than having answers. So time and attention are the scarcest resources. And while the urgent, that quadrant three, those tasks are a big consumer of those precious resources, so are change initiatives. And too often we focus on the initiatives instead of the people. Nothing against Salesforce or Letters or any of those other programs, but how many lives have they transformed? We can lose focus on people and improvement can be about the thing, not the people. And the changes and improvements we're trying to make can actually stop us from impacting people because the busier we are, the harder it is to be fully present. The harder it is to be invested in helping people grow in the direction they want to grow in. The harder it is to be vulnerable. The harder it is to be interdependent. Do less. Impact more. Create transformative moments by focusing on others as humans, not as cogs in a machine or rungs on a ladder. And then think about your own leadership and what being present does for you. Here's the rest of the story about the group hug. At the end of every session, we circle up and we share a challenge for the group, something we'll be thinking about on the drive home, or a thank you. And so in our fourth session, as we circled up for the last time, we did an additional activity that was meant to kinesthetically and visually show people how connected we are and what the power of keeping close connections were. And because the group had become close, this activity just hit with tremendous power. And that's when someone said at the end of that activity, can we do a group hug? And everybody in the group put their arms together around each other and came in and we did that hug. And it was such an incredible moment and it carried me through the whole weekend and I'm pretty confident it carried others through that whole weekend. Now I'm not the perfect trainer, but sometimes I'm able to help a group come together and do something magical, especially when I focus on serving them, not converting them into the leaders I think they should be. When I make the content serve them in the way they want to grow instead of using the content to funnel them into some predetermined path. 
And when that happens, I'm rewarded in a way that cannot be measured. And I think we can all do that. Maybe we can't all be really powerful trainers, but we can create those moments, if not with groups, with individuals. My wish for you next week is to go forward and be vigilant about finding opportunities to be present, about learning how others want to grow, and then being able to create the opportunities for them to do that. I hope you've enjoyed this lesson. I hope you're taking it to heart and finding it as powerful as I am. So that's it for this week's Five for Friday rendition of the Assistant Principal Podcast. Thank you for including me on your leadership journey. I look forward to seeing you again next Tuesday when we feature my interview with Dr. Efrain Martinez on what it means to be a human leading humans. This is an inspiring and emotional episode, and I'm so excited to share it with you. Please remember to subscribe and rate this podcast. As I record it, we are still stuck on 17 ratings and four reviews, and increasing those numbers helps other people find the show. So please take a minute when you pull in the parking lot and scroll down on the Apple podcast on the show and just click the five stars or four stars, whatever, click the stars and leave a review. That would be great. And it will take you 30 seconds. All right. With that plea, that's the end. I'm Frederick Buskey. And thank you again for joining me on this episode of the Assistant Principal Podcast. Have an incredible Friday and a great weekend. Cheers. <music>